0: will be those that you will find beneficial as you start and scale your business, from branding and social media experts to mindset coaches and PR and marketing. There will also be solo episodes from me, discussing a variety of topics, from sourcing to maximizing the profit in your business. Today's episode of Start, Scale, Succeed is a recording of an Instagram Live with Louisa Tidy, the founder of Florogy. Florogy is a natural skincare brand founded in 2019. Louisa founded the company looking to rebalance her life after an exhausting retail career, traveling and working too many hours. After extensive research and experimenting, Louisa created recipes for skincare products which her skin reacted well to and preferred over her usual products. After a few years of testing and developing formulas, she launched Floridy with the ethos that less is more, keeping their ingredients to a minimum and using only key botanicals. I just introduced the brand in terms of your business and that only that you're based in Kent and that you are a vegan friendly skincare brand. So I've got a couple of questions for you and a lot of it is more about how, you're, how you started your business and some of the ethos around your business as well. But if you can just take us back to the start of your business and what made you start Floridi. Um Yeah, it's well, it seems like such a long time ago now, um, but it's just,
1: Uh, coming up to two years um, that we've been we've been working hard on Florigy and so my background is that I was working in fashion as a regional manager um, for a couple of um, brands sort of over the last 10 to 15 years Um, so as you can imagine a lot of travel um, quite a stressful environment as well Mm -hmm. Um, and it got to the point where that stress was almost physically manifesting itself yeah um that i had at the time um and myself and my husband we moved to the kent north coast um just for like a better work-life balance um and just to get a sense of i guess a sense of that kind of escape from london and that relentless commuting that yeah what it felt like over the past sort of few years
0: um oh, working in retail you would have been driving being an area manager like you said or a retail manager you would have been driving a lot as well yeah so on the trains um there
1: was one role that i did where i was um traveling literally up and down the country sometimes international travel um and that was great you know i was sort of in my 30s so it was all right but i'm sure you know as you get older it's that travel and that yes. that time that you almost lose in your day that really does start to take a toll and particularly on mm-hmm. Well, I was always one of those people who was like oh yeah I don't you know I don't get stressed and you know I don't hold on to any stress but clearly over the years it had just progressed into sort of making me feel like I just wasn't enjoying it anymore
0: yeah
1: so after we bought our house in the Kent coast and um you know we managed to get that kind of our weekends back to ourselves and I started looking at holistic therapies to sort out some of the problems I was having um physically And, you know, I sort of gave acupuncture a try, lots of different things like that, which I loved. And I started to really focus on how, you know, how I was looking at my life in terms of wellbeing and, you know, sort of looking at ingredients, looking at food, um, you know, trying to get into exercise, because I've never exercised in my life, um, but sort of started doing things like Pilates and things like that. So it was kind of like a bit of an overhaul without being too extreme yeah Um, and I just started to look at skincare um just that you know I'm sure that all of us have got sort of hundreds of products in our cabinets you know forget about then we find about a year later that kind of translated that well-being element translated into what I was putting on my skin as well so I just started to research and think well you know if I'm kind of taking a more holistic route then I need to be aware of actually what these ingredients are and, you know, I'm not sort of sitting here poo-pooing synthetic brands, because I think there's a lot of amazing synthetic products out there, you know, that are lab-created. You know, I, I use them myself. However, I think there's a lot to be said for people that want to introduce more of those natural ingredients into their skincare routine. Um, so I literally just started researching, and I created my products for me. Start because well I was one that was going to be using them and um, typically sort of friends were sort of asking me about it and I didn't really speak about it a lot because it wasn't it was more for me more than anyone else and um, a couple of friends asked for some samples and then it it kind of
0: just snowballed from there really I guess like you know some other businesses have found as well How did you start? I mean, I know that you said that you did a lot of research beforehand, but what were the ones that you started with and why did you decide to start with those products?
1: Um, I wanted to, my first ever product was the face oil. I've always had dry skin myself, so I've always looked for, for something that's been super hydrating, but also that gives my skin almost like that dewy glow. You know, and I've used sort of various products over the years and I couldn't really find anything that I felt... You know, I like to feel product on my skin and I appreciate not everybody does, but I like to feel like I'm, I've am i got a product on and I like to feel that when I look in the mirror, my skin looks dewy. So the face oil was the first one I created, purely because a lot of I tried on the market, they weren't really, I kind of, they sunk into my skin straight away. So I kind of felt like, oh, well, what's it doing? You know, my skin still feels dry. Yeah. So that was the first product that I went about making
0: as well. Um, and how did you find? So it's all that process that you went through with that. I think it's really challenging because as a small brand, you don't really
1: have one the buying power or two the funds to kind of think right. I'm going to source my ingredients, you know, from the purest source. Make sure that you know they've got all of these checks in place. It's quite challenging to find that at a cost that is reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, We were really keen to find suppliers that were in the UK and that had sort of more policies around making sure that where they, you know, if the ingredient, for example, was from, you know, I don't know, Portugal or, you know, was grown in the Canaries, Canary Islands, that actually they had policies in place that meant that their workers you know were earning above the minimum living wage etc so you know, we do we did make a and we still do make a very conscious effort to look into those kind of policies that companies have and luckily enough we've got a couple of suppliers one of them being um the castle farm um which is based in kent just outside tunbridge wells and we actually use those for our lavender and our rosemary because mm-hmm. they right there so it is, it is a challenge because there's still more that we can do. You know, there's all, I think there's always more that we do to make sure that, you know, they're supporting sort of local suppliers and also making sure that they've got the they match with your ethos as well. Because I think otherwise,
0: what's the point? What's the point? Yeah. You know, you saying one thing that actually you can't support it. And how did you start to scale it then? So it started off as something that you were doing for yourself. And so when, if you, from a timeline point of view, when did you start producing for yourself and then how did that scale and how has it gotten bigger over the however many months or you know how long did that take? Oh I guess
1: I started we started producing so it's before 2019 so for a few months I was making it for myself Um, and then after you know I got some feedback from some friends I thought right okay maybe there might be some legs in this Mm -hmm. so I thought right okay how how do I even go about you know, marketing it, selling it, etc. Um, so I looked at a couple of platforms and I ended up registering with Etsy as a seller, which is great because, you know, the fees were quite minimal, but in terms of their exposure and how many people look at their platform,
0: yeah that's,
1: that's quite good from a retailing point of view, that you can get your product out in front of quite a big audience straight away. Um so we did that for we're still on Etsy now, but it's it's been interesting how we've seen no sales shift now from Etsy onto our own platform. Yeah, um, so we have probably doing that for just through Etsy for about a year, just over a year. Um, and my husband is a graphic designer, so um, luckily enough, you know, I'm I'm very very grateful that he was able to sort of pull me together a website. And this, we only launched the website in November last year. Oh wow. So yeah, actually, it has been quite, quite a slow process in terms of getting to that
0: point. Yeah, because you wouldn't think the website looks very polished. And for those people who are watching and who haven't checked out the website, it—the—the the community that you have on there, the magazine type, the whole story—it looks very polished. And your branding—I know that your husband's a graphic designer—and I absolutely love your branding, as well. That it looks—it's very eye-catching. I'll put him that feedback. He does like a bit of feedback. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, yeah so you know, in terms of that step, that was that's quite a big step for me personally because it 's a little bit like you know you 're putting yourself out there really like you know yeah. and, and I wanted to make sure that I had you know enough products on there, and also you know it 's a huge confidence thing I think anyone that's or mm-hmm. brand you know you 've got to have real confidence in what you 're selling. Um, and just before Christmas, when we launched it, it was the right time to do it because actually since then we've seen, you know, sort of 90% more sales for our website than we have on Etsy.
0: And you're selling through Instagram as well. Are you, yeah.
1: Instagram shop and also on Facebook as well. So yeah, we, we're very fortunate that actually we've had good success through our own website and we, we're sort of now starting to shift over from where we're thinking, well, we probably don't need to be on Etsy now
0: Yeah, for that reason. And just out of interest, because some people, are, from how Etsy charge and operate, is it a percentage that you have to pay of your sales? Or do you pay them a regardless of how much you sell? Do you pay them a certain percentage a month? Or how does that work? Um, so it goes on the how much you sell. So you, yeah. you, know, you give them a percentage
1: of, of what they pay. I can't actually remember off the top of my head what it is, but they, they take a percentage based on selling um which you know various platforms as you know have different sort of policies um but at the time that was sort of ideal for us because we weren't then bound to a contract which you know can happen because as you grow a lot of other platforms kind of get in contact with you and they to take 40 percent you know you've got to pay subscription every month which again for a small business is quite crippling if you're not mm-hmm. sure
0: about who you pick and choose and so um for those people that don't know you are still operating so you left the the retail manager the area manager job but you're still working on floridgy as a you have another career another business another you know job that you do day to day and and floridgy at the moment you're managing now i say on the side but i know when it's your own business it's the side it's the weekends and it's the it's after the day job so how are you managing that um do you work? Are you working five days a week? You know, in your in your day job, and how are you managing that balance? And you know, when do you hope that that will change? That your side hustle will become your main focus?
1: Yeah, it's um, it's been an interesting actually because since I gave up my career in London and in the UK, um, you know, obviously I need an income as well. technology. <laughs> So I just took a huge step back in my career and I work locally um, as an assistant manager in a, in a, in a retail store. Um, And I work full time. So I work five days a week. Yeah. As you said, you know, I'm doing emails on the train, in the way in, I'm looking on my lunch break. um, And it is, you know, sometimes it is a little bit of a juggle, but luckily my husband works from home. So although he's got all of his projects that he's working on, it is quite handy that yeah. knows if he needs to go to the post office, then he's going to have to go to the post for me doing it. Um, but I really got, you know, I, I probably think I'm about, I would say about a year, six months to a year away from looking at what that looks like and hopefully moving over to G full time.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it's great. It's a really... Um... Lucy Sheridan, who's someone I follow, she calls it, you are the pip, the proof it's possible that when you want to do something, you know, for yourself, you don't have to go completely cold turkey from a, from a full time, you know, high flying career to then your own business with a, obviously a lack of income or a very much reduced income to start that you can take that step back and go from either five days a week to four days a week in the same job, or to try and reduce your, just to change careers to, so you've got something that's less demanding on your time that um, that then you can do, you can focus on what you want to be your future life, your future, you know, your, your business. So that um, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be so black and white no, it doesn't have to be sudden. And, you know, I'd
1: like to, I probably would say I'm not actually a risk taker in terms of that. You know, I think, yeah, I could have probably just switched on to doing full time. And I think in the, um, you know, the current situation of the lockdown has been personally for me pretty good in terms yeah. of spending time on my business. And mm-hmm. um, so, you know, that's time that I, you know, have progressed the business sort of probably six months to a year more than I thought it would, would be at this point. Um, but, yeah, you, you know, you don't have to go go cold, cold turkey. But I think, you know, there are elements that, you know, where you know I really like my job, what I do nine to five. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also, you know, it is a massive leak. It's uh, you're giving up everything you've known to jump into the unknown. So, like I said, I'm probably not as much as a risk taker as I'd like to think. Um, and for that reason, it, it's quite nice to have that security. But then at the same time, there are times where, not that I've missed opportunities with G, but perhaps you know I in lockdown I've seen what I can get out of, yeah what I can mm-hmm. if I am doing it full-time to compare to not but like I said we're not quite there yet but um I don't think it will be too much longer
0: hopefully. And what in terms of when you were setting it up and since you've started what have been your um, biggest challenges do you think? Challenges?
1: Um, I would say it's probably knowing where to spend your money right okay i think you know for, like, there's so many things you can focus on and when we were first starting out it was you know you'd make some sales and you'd see the money in your account And um, you know i've not taken any money out of my business at all i've just put everything back in yeah but you get to the point like, like what where do you spend it you know is it the photography is it the copywriting of the website is it press so i think it's kind of knowing having a real think about where When you spend your money, what return is that going to get you?
0: Yeah. And what have you found has been the best return on the money that you've spent so far in the business?
1: I think the best return has definitely been a little bit of advertising on social media, I think, mm-hmm. um, led to sales. I also think um, in terms, we invested more recently in our photography. Mm-hmm. So you know, I had my husband taking pictures of me in our kitchen because we didn't have the money to do that yeah um so I, I, yeah i definitely think it's about you know what value you're getting from that money and for us it was definitely photography and also um copywriting as well i think since we've had a copywriter sort of look at our website it's made a huge difference and like i said before you know that's your
0: platform to the world almost so that's how you know <laughs> so you know it's got to be spot on And so you have recently won a couple of uh, beauty awards as well. So congratulations on that. And um, if you could just give us a little bit about how that process started. um, Do you have to um, pitch for it, I suppose? Or do you enter enter yourselves into the awards? And um, if you can just give a bit bit of background about that and how that's helped. Because you've won a couple of them and how it's helped kind of your profile as well.
1: Yeah, I mean... Which side, I decided to do the awards because, you know, I was looking at sort of similar businesses um, and in terms of exposure, I thought, you know, the award that we went for was the Beauty Shortlist Awards, which are internationally recognised, the way that they operate as well and in terms of the kind of brands that have won those awards, I thought, well, that would be the one that I would want to win if I did. Yes. so you do enter and it's um, you send off sort of two of each product and then they test it over a course of sort of five or six months. Um, but they're tested by, um, you know, beauty editors, um, you know, people in the industry. So you know that when you've won an award, it's actually, you know, from someone who knows what they're talking about. as Yeah. Stuff. Um, Which is, you know, it's just huge for us because it's. I never did I imagine that the products that we were creating, you know, we would get that kind of industry recognition for. And, you know, this year we won Best Hair Product for our hair oil, which has completely blown my mind because, you know, and as a result of that,
0: we're now stocked in a salon. How does wholesale fit into your strategy now, next? Now that you're in one salon, is that something that you want to continue with?
1: Yeah, so we're um, stocked in MacNade at the moment. And again, that's grown. Because our local customers has seen us in there and in terms of their foot traffic, it's just that exposure for us. So and I think that particularly during lockdown, it's shown us that sure. we can't just rely on our website sales or Etsy sales. We do have to look at that wholesale avenue. Uh, more seriously
0: who would be number one on your wholesale wish list
1: oh who's number one? Ooh, i think it's got to be something like a selfie i think that would be the pinnacle. Yeah.
0: yeah i think it, i mean i can really see the brand there i think it would look amazing or liberty the liberty's beauty department i think it would look it would sit really nicely within there what advice would you give to those that are starting or want to start their own um skincare business
1: yeah, I think really just make sure that you've got confidence in what you're doing. So confidence in your product or your service. Um, and also don't spend too much time looking what other people are doing as well, because I think it's very easy to sort of look to other brands or other services and think, oh, I'm not doing that. Or, you know, oh, yeah. I don't use that ingredient. Or, oh, my God, you know, they've just launched this instead or their packaging looks better to really go back to like your brand pillars and you know you started the brand in the first place and mm. you know what you want to achieve. and um, I've done it myself. I spent months sort of torturing myself looking at other brands God, I'm never gonna be as big as them or, you know, I'm never going be able to deliver the same kind of message. But I think that, you know, if you if you create a product that you believe in and you're getting good feedback from your customers.
0: I think that is the key thing over everything. Absolutely, and it's, it's that expression, don't compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 20, in terms of the scale of different, you know, everyone's at different stages within their business. I just want to say thank you very much, Louisa. Thank you for taking the time. And I think it's, I love your product and I can't wait to try some more of it and to watch your journey and see how you progress. Well, I hope you've enjoyed that episode and listening to Louisa's story and how her business has grown. I'll be back again next week with another great guest and I would really appreciate it if you could leave a Apple review if you've enjoyed this episode and you enjoyed the Start, Scale, Succeed podcast so more people can hear the stories and listen to those experts and entrepreneurs sharing their wisdom, their information and helping you grow and scale your business.